Hello, you're listening to episode eight. Ooh, eight of eight minute movies. Alienated. I said eight too many times. A mm-hmm. uh, podcast talking about the 1979 movie Eight um, Alien in eight minute chunks, presented by me, Eight, and him, Eight. How are you doing, Eight? Uh, I'm doing all right. I um, uh, I have got a new television is is what's happening in my life at the moment wow uh, nobody has anyone really say the word television like mm. you know or it's, you just say tv don't you really i, I feel do, do like you say do you say television I, I i feel like you can say the word television without immediately turning into a victorian gentleman i don't know if uh, at this point it sort of feels like you know gramophone or wireless <laughs> <laughs> have you placed your television next to your victrola <laughs> listen i i bought myself a new televisual device <laughs> um a new televisual media platform yes and <laughs> Uh, and it's well. The thing is, my old one was having this problem where it was starting ding, to get a bit. Ding, ding, ding. We haven't got to that bit yet. <laughs> no, but you did it last week, so fuck you. <laughs> Do it this early <laughs> during the "How are you?" phase. <laughs> during during the um, you know casual greeting. <laughs> um, uh, I used to have a 40-inch TV, and I was pretty happy with that as a television size. Um, it's, uh, it's you know, it's it's large, but not ludicrous. Um, and uh, I, I liked it. it. It suited how close I am to the, uh, to the TV when I'm sat down. But now you can't well you can but there's not many options for 40 inch tvs um 43 is the standard in that kind of range now um so they're just literally inching up the sizes um over the years i guess so i'm hoping that i don't need to replace my my tv too many times because eventually it's just going to take up an entire wall and that'll be the only option because you never want to go down inside you know what i mean um um, it feels weird to go to go reduce in size after you've had a, a television of a certain size. Yeah, it's one of them things that can only ever really go up, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but so yeah, I wanted it to stay the same, and uh, and I think like you, I I, I would imagine uh, I wanted a a simple television experience. Really, I don't care about all of the apps on the te- te- television I, I plug it into my pc i have yeah. everything that i could possibly need on that i do not need apps and stuff on it and but you you can't just get a monitor that is that sort of size mm. once uh, once things uh, get to that sort of size range everything magically turns into a smart tv which used to mean that maybe it's got a netflix app on it that's what mm. it meant last time i got a tv now it means that it's probably smarter than me. Um, it's <laughs> it's kind of... I, I had to scan in a QR code at some point when I was setting this up. It was harder to set up than my PC. Wow. Uh, it, it was a bit of a nightmare, and for, for loads of different reasons as well. Things that you don't necessarily think about when getting a new TV. Like, I thought that my... Uh, little unit that I sit the TV on would be big enough for 
any reasonable size TV. No, this one is slightly too large. The feet go off the edge. So now I have it balanced on two planks of wood that I happen to have, uh, to have that are sitting on top of my uh, uh, my little TV table. Um, oh, dear. Uh, and also just other things like, well, all of the HDMI ports are on the wrong side compared to where all of my devices are. So some of the HDMI cables don't reach. You can't you can't really blame them for that one though. <laughs> no, but you know, it's supposed to be a smart TV. Could have <laughs> anticipated this. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and like there's one less HDMI port as well which annoys mm. me. Um that, that four used to be a good number. Now it's almost impossible to get one with four HDMI ports, so it's got three and it's quite common to have ones that only have two which seems like a really weird decision to me because um, people have more devices now, not fewer. Yeah, so so I um, I, I did the same thing you did, uh, like a casual look around for a TV a while back because my TV is 11 years old. And I love it. There's nothing wrong with it at all. It's great TV. You're listening to me over there, right? Yeah, it's listening to me. Good. Um, and... Um, it has four HDMI ports on it, and I was like, "Well, modern TVs will have that." But no, like, no, it's a forty-inch TV, and I was like, "I just want another forty-inch TV." And no, forty-inch TVs have four HDMI ports anymore. And I'm like, "Why?" I re- I reckon that HDMI ports cost nothing. <laughs> yeah. So I uh, I didn't even really want a four K TV. I I I I was going to be perfectly happy with a. Uh, 1080 TV, but when I looked at the options, all of the 1080p TV seems to be shit, and one of the things that was shit about them is that most of them had only two HDMI ports, mm. and uh, uh, even like like Sony's big kind of, it's, it's not really their flagship product, because it's a 1080p, and obviously they are pushing the 4K stuff, but their kind of best uh, 1080p TV two hdmi ports which is is basically a deal breaker for me <laughs> yeah i mean you, you can buy a little widget that plugs into it and then you plug extra hdmi things into that and that does the switching but that's bollocks i mean <laughs> yeah. yeah no I, I i don't want to have to do that it, it, it would it's anno- stupid it really is stupid it would annoy me from the very beginning but mm. three is just about the minimum that i can get away with without just getting really pissed off about having to change stuff around all the time uh so, yeah, so it, it's been a bit more stressful setting up this television than than I'd uh, initially anticipated. But, hey, mm. I can watch things at a really high resolution now if I want to, and maybe I will be able to notice the difference. Who can yeah, say? perhaps one day we'll watch Alien in 4K on it. Mm. Or even 8K. Uh, no, it doesn't have 8K. <laughs> I did not go that far, but uh, but yeah, I've got, it's got HDR, whatever that is. It, it, it has QLEDs, and the Q stands wow. for quantum. Shit! <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, can, should... I can watch films from another dimension. On this <laughs> is, your, is, your, is your TV capable of traveling in time? Is this what it's, you're telling me? It, it, can, it, it can view media from all possible worlds. It's, a, it's very bad to watch things on it because you're collapsing the waveform as you're doing so. <laughs> it's, it's a way fancier TV than I had been intending to go for, but it was mm. the one that 
ticked all my kind of must-have boxes in, and uh, and so that's what I went for. And I, I figured, okay, I don't get a TV very often. If this one can last me basically forever, which it <laughs> won't, but like uh, if it can at least last me a long time, then I can. I guess I can justify spending a bit more, but. Everything about it annoys me. The fact that I need to log into it in order to even oh, start using it, dude. I like. Um, don't get me started on machines that ask you to sign into them when you don't need to. Like, I've, I've, I bought a new router like um, during the recent COVID unpleasantness because um, I have about two hundred thousand devices using Wi-Fi, and the the one that my internet company had provided to me was dying under the strain of all these packets flying around <laughs> so i i bought a like a it's like a gaming router uh, you can tell it's a gaming router because it's all black and red and it's got like fangs and shit um, <laughs> <laughs> but, um it's like like 800 little wi-fi antennas which i'm tempted to dismantle because i reckon there's like and actual antennas in like two of them and <laughs> the rest the rest are just there to look like sleek fins um, <laughs> it definitely looks like it's been stealthed, so you can't pick it up on radar. But also, when I when I tried to set it up at first, it was like now you need to sign into your Netgear account, and I'm like, why exactly? I mean, <laughs> like, please, please explain to me why. And well, the reason it was was because um, you couldn't continue the installation process if you, if you didn't sign in. So I was like, well, fuck you, I guess. Okay, fine. Now, now Netgear occasionally email me about my router that. Like, Still working? I'm like, yep. <laughs> <laughs> still, still doing whatever it is routers do. Moving like tiny electro. I don't know what routers do. Let's move on. Um, but it it just make it makes me feel old. It makes me feel like I'm just <laughs> aging into dust as I set this thing up because I just want to. I, I just want a, a screen I can plug stuff into. That's all mm. I want. Please just let me have that. Yeah. I, I had the exact same situation. I don't I don't want a smart TV. Like I don't want it doing all this weird shit behind my back. Does that sound yeah. paranoid? Like I've got a computer. The computer does all the stuff I want. I plug the computer in. Really what I want is a is a large monitor. Yeah, I I don't even mind it too much from like a because uh, I know there's just something weird about all all of these devices in your home, like collecting data and things <laughs> like that on uh, on you. There is something unsettling about that, but I don't even mind it that much from that sort of perspective. I just don't need it, and yeah. I feel like I'm being paying for it when I buy mm. these things, and I don't. I'm not going to use it. Um, uh, so that's what annoys me about it. I mean, th there's a thing though, like um. <sighs> A lot of technology stuff now sort of feels like it's a compromise. Like, um, uh, like you can never find the thing which is exactly the thing you want. There's always something you got to take a hit on, like mm -hmm. to get it. Like, you know, this number of HDMI ports. I got a new laptop uh, two weeks ago, I think, and um, it's so I had a previous laptop from Dell, and it was great, and it kept working for like years and years and years, but it had started to go wrong in a number of significant ways like it was a gaming laptop and it was getting so hot i couldn't play games on it because all the fans were all clogged but um like quite difficult to replace yeah and um like 
the I think the nail in the coffin was that like keys on the keyboard had started to fail. Like I couldn't press down or space or K. And I'm like, okay, well, my name's Kieran, so that one's <laughs> like, for most people that wouldn't be too much of a deal breaker. But I can't mm. sign into anything. Um, <laughs> So I was like, I was like, I went on the website and I bought uh, a new laptop, and it's just a newer model of the same laptop. Um, and everything about it is better. Like, you know, it's got a much more powerful graphics card. It's got more RAM. You know, bigger hard drive. Like the screen is like a whole different display technology, and it's like supernaturally good. Like um, yeah. the previous one had that thing where you've got those flat panel screens, and it's got a slight viewing angle. So, like, you know, yeah. you can see it from most things. But if you're too low or too high or uh, too oblique an angle, the screen goes to weird colors. This one doesn't like you can be at like you can peer at it from like one millimeter around the edge and you can still read and see everything on it. Nice. Like um it's really good and it's got HDR, whatever that is. Um <laughs> Yeah, so is this what whatever that is, one yeah. day I'll know. But they took out the subwoofer. And yeah. I'm like so I'm like I like it does not sound as good as my previous laptop in any way. Like, like you should never, when you're buying a new thing, you should always feel good about it. You should never feel like, well, I've had to settle for this. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And this was the only one I could get because, um, there's this weird dichotomy, like in laptops where, you know, um, if you're a gamer, you're getting your gaming laptop and, um, if you've got a gaming laptop, the keyboard will be absolute fucking horseshit. Um, like, yeah. uh, like one of one of the Dell gaming laptops I looked at didn't have arrow keys, and I was oh, like, that really annoys me. Or if the arrow keys are in just a really weird configuration, it, it, yeah, they were they were like bound to like O K L and P. I think I'm like, what? What? I believe some games do use the arrow keys. You know, like it's not all wazd. Um, <laughs> Mm. so th this was the only one i could i could get which had like a good keyboard like you know with like page up and page down and things you know shit that people who type stuff on computers would use mm -hmm. um but i just didn't have the subwoofer in the end so like i've had to get used to the bass sounding a bit flat i mean you know it's not bad but it's not as good as the one i had previously and i'm kind of like uh, well that's a bit tedious but fine yeah, no, I know exactly what you mean. I mean, there and everyone is a bit different, I suppose, which is part yeah. of the problem. Uh, so, what's a deal breaker for some people wouldn't be for me. Like that wouldn't be a deal breaker for me because I do a lot of headphone listening mm. on computers. So, uh, and if I really want to be watching something with uh, like decent sound quality, I'll I'll use speakers for that because I'm being of a musical background. I am. I, I'm slightly picky about how listening to like music and stuff sounds. Well, um, thank you for listening. This has been the podcast <laughs> where two old men moan about how technology isn't quite perfect. Um, we, we need to stop the podcast now or we'll start talking about fucking headphone sockets in mobile do you phone. know did you know do you know what like I, I was thinking about mentioning that like the <laughs> thing the thing that pissed me off so much was was like, like you know um they were lauded like they were heroes for removing this thing and i'm like yeah what the fuck what what, what actual what the actual fuck? i am still holding out i still have a phone a relatively new phone that has a, a headphone socket and my options are becoming very limited there do, um, do you know what i i I didn't want a phone without a headphone socket. Um, and I 
I'm going to go ahead and say I never listen to anything on my phone with headphones. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, I, I, <laughs> I do a lot, but you, you, I, I know what you mean, though. It's like the principle, mm. isn't it? Why, yeah. why remove this? Yeah, I, um, to to give them their dues, I I do understand why they remove the subwoofer from the laptop. Um, because I, I had to open it up to put the SSD in, like my uh, sorry, my data drive with all my stuff on it. And when I popped it open, um, a third of the insides are like computer, you know, like the motherboard and shit, and the hard yeah. drives. Um, a third of the inside is battery, and a third is graphics card. <laughs> Yeah, graphics cards are just they they look like spaceships now. The, so. the, the the graphics card is is an entire third of the inside yeah. of this laptop. Like on my previous one, it's a little module that clips in. On this one, it's like a a thing, like an unknowable black box. <laughs> Ding. <laughs> Fuck you. Fuck you. Um oh god. On that note, um, should we start the podcast? Uh, well, I was going, I, I was going to ask you how you are because otherwise you get all grumpy with me if I don't do that. <laughs> I'd, I'd forgotten. I'd worked myself up into a rage about technology. <laughs> um, I am doing okay. Uh, I'm slightly annoyed because I was um, I was going to go outside and repaint the barbecue today, but it's been raining all day, and it seems like a bad idea to paint it in the rain. Yeah, l- lately we've been having just these uh, time-limited uh, apocalypse storms happening. Yeah, no, they, they are absolutely insane. Like, uh, it, it, it's like hail but rain. Um, mm. I, I actually had that. I was, I, um, I was coming home in a... Uh, I was traveling home, like, in a car the other week, and, um, like, streets were completely flooded. Um <laughs> Like quite near my house, like we saw little little bits where there were just pedestrians trapped on tiny little tiny little dry islands. Yeah, yeah it's 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 really. I I thought it would maybe be something that would just last a couple of days, but it's, it feels like it's been going on a couple of weeks. Yeah, it's close to a month. Um, yeah. but uh, and it's just awful because it's like incredibly heavy rain interspersed with like an hour of quite hot sunshine. Yeah. Um so so it's perpetually humid. Um I I hope that the historians listening to this in the 2280s to document the start of the climate apocalypse. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like uh, at least, you know, like cite us in your references or something, okay? <laughs> yeah. And uh, if people are going to document this era as they will in in history books, if I've had to live through this nightmare last two years, at least call it something cool like, say, The Lost Years or something. That would be nice. The Red Tide. Mm, well, that's even more sinister. Yeah, I think I think that's already a thing, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure it's a thing because I just read it off the title of one of my DVDs. Um <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, we're we're having a lot of weather. Uh, uh, we've noticed that our guttering uh, outside, you know, our our roof is blocked because every time there is one of these showers, there's like a waterfall in front of our window. <laughs> oh God, yeah. Um, ours just pisses water down. It's destroying the front of the house. But what what can you do aside from, you know, dying? <laughs> <laughs> So we're all 
having a wonderful time with both both the natural world and man-made technology. Yeah, well, well, um, I think I think what we can both agree is that we want to chug the void juice. Um, <laughs> just... <laughs> Don't want to die, just want to cease to exist. Anyway. <laughs> um... It's your turn to introduce the concept. I don't remember whether that's true, but I'm going to take your word for it. Um, it was. I, I did. It, I did it quite well last time. Um, and we we do need to have a discussion one of these days about whether we need to introduce the concept every episode because it's a like what we should really be doing is saying like please go and listen to episode one and then sequentially the other episodes of this podcast. You can't yeah. join us here. It's not that sort of podcast. Yeah, listen from the beginning. Just do that. That's yeah. the, that that that's the best approach. Uh maybe we'll start doing that in the next series. Um <laughs> we won't we won't we won't remember. We'll get to episode 8 again and then <laughs> But anyway, for the time being, for everyone who already knows this because obviously you've listened to the previous ones, this is a podcast where we are watching the film Alien in eight-minute chunks, uh, and we're discussing in each podcast each eight-minute chunk that we have watched. It's not a watch-along podcast, so we're not going to be reacting to it in real time. We have both seen the film before. Uh, we, uh, I personally am not that familiar with the film. I've seen it a few times, but it's not really my genre, so I, was ne- I never had any real... Uh, affinity with it i i enjoyed it but that's about it uh, and kieran is someone who has been enjoying this film since way before the age when he was technically allowed to be watching it <laughs> and, and so is intimately familiar with it and has gathered a lot of extra facts and uh, details that he'll be sharing with us as we go through talking about these eight minutes. Oh, uh, well summarized, Peter. Um, Thank you. So usually here we have a little section which is called Let's Not Talk About The Thing because this podcast was originally about the thing and I am too short-sighted and lazy to change the name of sections of the podcast. Mm. This is a bit where I talk about something that's sort of related to the the thing. Fuck. <laughs> 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 I don't no, know whether that's a thing or no. no. Okay, that's no, that's all right. That's not fair. That was literally uh, the one. That's like the no, one. No, of the three it's, cases. It's fine. I I understood. I understood what you were doing there after I did the ding. I know, thought you. I thought you were saying thing as a stand-in for uh for a word you couldn't think of. Do you know what? I'm imposing 100 penalty points on you for that. It's fine because the points are meaningless. Nevertheless, nevertheless, they're there. 100 penalty points. One million years dungeon. Um, I'm going to talk about something that's tangentially related to the movie Alien, uh, but may not be directly connected to it, although in this case it sort of is, because I'm going to talk about Veronica Cartwright. All right. Explain Veronica Cartwright. Veronica Cartwright was born on the 20th of April 1949 and is a British-born American actress who has worked mainly in film and television in a career spanning six decades. As a child actress, she appeared in Alfred Hitchcock's The Birds, 
but she's best known for her roles in 1970s science fiction films Invasion of the Body Snatchers and Alien, winning a Saturn Award for Best Supporting Actress for her work in Alien. As a child, appearing in The Birds, she appeared opposite Doodles Weaver, who was Sigourney Weaver's uncle. Um, uncle Doodles. Uncle Doodles. Um, for, um, let's move on. In, <laughs> in the 90s, uh, she received three Emmy nominations as Outstanding Guest Actress in a Drama Series for her roles in television series ER and The X-Files. I, I've not never seen ER, but I, I've seen The X-Files. I don't remember her in it maybe um it's a later series maybe so mm. uh she originally thought she'd been cast as aliens heroine ellen ripley but director ridley scott switched her role with sigourney weavers just prior to shooting the film and she found out on the first day when she turned up for costume oh wow yeah that, oh. that's that's a weird one for an actor i can imagine because you've you've worked yourself up for this role and you turn up and they're like no actually you're this person huh yeah, that oh, that makes even though that happened many years ago, like over forty years ago, that just something about that just makes me feel really uncomfortable. Like, what an <laughs> awkward conversation that must have been. Um, she wasn't that keen on it, uh, to be honest. Um, but Ridley Scott had a chat with her, and uh, she, she wasn't that keen on the character of Lambert. Um, but Ridley Scott explained that Lambert is effectively the audience in Alien. So she Lambert is reacting and emoting in the way that the audience watching the film should be. So she's the character mm. that we're supposed to be uh sympathizing with or empathizing with as the film goes on. And um that sort of sold her sold the character to her and um she did a very good job. I mean Lambert is um uh I think she gets a bit of stick for being sort of you know emotional like you know sort of crying and not coming up with great plans and stuff but to be honest that's what 99% of us would do in this situation it's probably the most <laughs> honest yeah, yeah she, it's the most honest portrayal of someone in my like you know because you like to think of yourself secretly deep down like if you're in an action film or something that you'll be like oh you'll step up and be the hero and you'll be like all right i'll I'll cross the fire gulch to save them or whatever. Um, but where in actual fact, what you'll do is uh, lie down, curl into the fetal position and cry until you die. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so um, this point of podcast is whence introduce bell game. Yes, correct. <laughs> so if you are wondering why we've been ringing these bells, then first of all, Please go back and listen to the first episode yeah, of the on, podcast. Come on, we explain it all. We're calling a moratorium on this. We'll do it for the rest of this season, but next season we'll explain the rules in the first episode. Yes. And that's it. Um, so as a holdover from when we were doing this podcast about The Thing, um, which you can still listen to, available on all good podcast platforms, uh, we had a little game that we liked to play where if someone said the word thing and they were not referring to this game that I'm explaining or the film or the monster in the film, then you got to ring the bell and the other person gets to feel silly for a moment. And then at the end of the series, we count up the number of bells that have been rung and we don't do that because nobody's counting and, uh, 
neither of us are willing to go back and uh, and and look at that. It's 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 all meaningless. <laughs> yeah, it's um, as as Aikwood famously once said, it's just a um. A trivial distraction on the road to the grave. Um, <laughs> uh, r- right. Well, okay. Um, w- with all of that out of the way, it's time for us to start watching that alien movie. Woo, yeah. Right, okay. Usually at this point you have some questions for me, or we revisit my previous thoughts right yeah that's right i'm i'm glad you thought you needed to remind me because we forgot to do it last time (laughs) yes i did that's why i said it out loud and i I didn't just let you lead into it no i've yeah i've got i've got them written here there's like there's like a series of arrows pointing to it to remind me to ask you this time so we uh, a question that's becoming increasingly redundant who is infected and uh, I've got here Kane in capital letters, and it's underlined. Um. <laughs> yeah, um, definitely for a few more seconds. Yeah, <laughs> for perhaps ten to fifteen more seconds, Kane is infected. But yeah. then that situation is going to re- resolve itself. Yeah. While we were off the um, uh, off the podcast last time, I made a very accurate prediction of how much longer he would be writhing around before the situation. Uh, resolve. I guessed it would be about twenty seconds, and yeah. it will be as we'll see. <laughs> twenty seconds. Poor old, poor old Thomas Kane has twenty seconds of life left. Well, he he's Thomas or Gilbert, depending which source you believe. But let's not get into <laughs> that. They um they're only referred to by their last names in the script. So um, yeah. what happens next? You said a cute alien is going to burst out of Kane's upper belly area. Um. He went off into a weird tangent about how it's not really his chest, uh, and uh, scuttle off towards the camera, knocking things over. Uh, they're going to look horrified, then going to split up in order to search for it. How do you um? How do you feel about that? I'm very pleased about it. I think I missed one thing that happens, but you that's did, pretty yeah. much um, pretty much what happens. Yeah, I, I'd be tempted to give you some points for this. Um, but I'm still stinging from those hundred like penalty points I had to award to you earlier, so no points for this. I, I disagree. <laughs> uh, and you said, who dies next? Um, Kane, brackets, 20 seconds. <laughs> yes. And then after that, Brett. Mm. I, I'm still thinking that that is uh, the case. All right, all right. Um, well... We've got your opinions down, so let's move into watching the Alien Show. That's not what it's called. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I, I just I just realised that I'd sort of drifted into like a fifties smooth radio <laughs> host voice, and it completely derailed my train of thought. Um, this is the transition we're using. Fuck all of you. Um. <laughs> <laughs> And we're back. We're watching. Oh God, that was fifties radio hosting. Yeah, we're back, listeners, and uh, and we're back, and we're watching minutes fifty-six to one hour and four of Alien. And as always, not a watch-along podcast. Stop doing that. I know you're doing it. Stop it. I will punish you with a device. Huh. How this bit works? I have a big list of bullet points about Alien. 
for the eight minutes we watch, I'm going to read them out. And then if we want to talk about them, we will. And we don't want to talk about them, we won't. And I'm so angry now. Stop watching along with <laughs> So before you get into your points, one just very simple observation I want to make uh, about your points is that almost half of them happen in the next, like, 30 seconds. Yeah, there is... Um, um, it's just one of those things about how this works sometimes is that like there's there's going to be a massive dense cluster of stuff happening because there's a lot of action in the next minute or so yeah and then we kind of drift for like 6 minutes and then it picks up again for the last two yeah um which is uh, an interesting and good pacing thing because it's you know it's been ramping up to this moment for the entirety of the film so you've got f- almost a solid hour yeah, of of stuff happening like that's that's just building this mystery, yeah. and then it, it hits, and you need some time to decompress. Like you can't just carry on at that pace. Um, I, I do feel that there's is something that has consistently kind of changed about the pacing from this point forward, though, which I'll get to when when there's a relevant moment to discuss it. Yeah. All right. Well, well, to the first point then. Kane arches his back and screams as the front of his shirt splatters with blood. So, I got a lot of points to talk about this one, so uh, strap yourself in, I guess. Um, Almost all of the stuff I'm going to talk about is here at this first bit. Um, The famous chestburster sequence. Yes. First of all, rumour control, here are the facts. That's a quote from Alien 3. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Um... there's a common fact going about that the actors didn't know what was going to happen, but this simply isn't true. They're actors, and they'd read the script. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> uh, it is true that they didn't know how bloody and violent the scene was going to be, but they knew basically what was happening. Yes. Um, so Ridley Scott had the actors all uh, prepared in their dressing rooms and just sitting there for six to eight hours while John Hurt was going through his makeup for the um, for the scene. Yes. And he was like, uh, the absolute worst is to have the actors hanging around on set because he said you can just see the um, energy dropping out of them as they're waiting mm-hmm. around doing nothing. He said it's better for them to just be in their dressing rooms doing whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, rather than just hanging around the set with nothing, you know, f- for no reason. Yeah, I'm gonna have to watch the process of makeup happening now because uh, you always hear about people being like, "Oh, they were eight hours in makeup or mm. or something." And uh, yes, yeah, sure, their makeup looks quite complex and stuff, but I can't think of anything that takes eight hours. <laughs> like. <laughs> And I, it must be way more complicated than I can even imagine to to set all of that stuff up. Yeah, I mean, for special effects as well. I mean, because you've yeah. got to include like the time for lighting the scene and getting the cameras in all the right positions and all that kind of stuff. Um, so how it sort of works here is John Hurt is lying on his back with his head, shoulders and arms through a hole underneath the table yeah. uh, connected to a mechanical torso. Um, that's packed with compressed air and the alien mechanism to sort of fire it out of his thing. Mm. Uh, And it's packed in surrounding it is um, uh, blood and animal guts, um, which uh, they kept having to replace because they'd go off very quickly under the studio lights. So um, it just stank of rotten offal. (laughs) 
Um, Dan O'Bannon took inspiration for the chestburster from his constant debilitating stomach pain. Wow. Um, which was eventually diagnosed a year after the film came out as uh, Crohn's disease and was unfortunately what he passed away from complications related to in 2009. Oh, wow. So, yeah, so he's he's used his real-world experience as an inspiration for this horrible scene. Mm. Chestburster model was designed by Roger Dickin, uh, and the original one was shaped like a little turkey. Um, it's quite cute, really. It's like a little chicken. It's got little uh, legs, like drumstick legs, and like little wing legs at the front. It's even got a little wattle, um, a little blood-red wattle, and where the <laughs> neck ends, there's just like teeth. Um, and it was supposed to like burst out and wriggle around, but like nobody thought it was that scary. <laughs> uh, so it got redesigned um, into this Giga phallus thing that bursts out now. Mm. Um, originally, he wanted it to um, just use its claws to tear a hole in his skin and climb out that way um, because he thought it was going to be much more horrifying. Um, but they they just couldn't figure out a way of doing that in time. Yeah. Um, a lot of people think that they just did this in one take, but it actually took two, because in the first take, the alien wasn't strong enough to get through the T-shirt, so they had to reset and uh, go again and sort of score the T-shirt a bit so that it could punch through. Mm. Um, but that shot actually ended up making it into the movie. The, this is the one we see right at the start here where um, there's just a sudden splatter of red against the inside of his shirt and everyone recoils in absolute horror. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a good shot, that. Yeah, they, they, they end up using it to good effect. I mean, yeah. uh, just cutting in everyone um, being absolutely horrified. So, yeah, that brings us quite neatly to the next point, I suppose. Mm. Everyone jumps back in fear. There's a beat of silent horror. Yeah, so I, I do like this moment. It's like, <laughs> this is the moment that it deserves a bit of a pause for the audience's sake as well, because there's a very kind of clear realisation that whatever is happening here, that was definitely a the moment of no return. Yeah. <laughs> um, this uh, The look that goes around between everyone's faces is probably along the lines of, what the fuck? Um, yeah. Uh, even Kane is silent here, which, um, you know, good on him to um, <laughs> take one for the team there. <laughs> yeah. Just quieten down for this bit. Kane rides and screams again. Dallas and Parker hold him down. Yeah, and when he does start up again, he's it, probably the, the most... Because I talked about how... Um, and I don't mean this in a in, in a bad way. I mean this in a very good way. How undignified the... Yeah. The, the, screaming is and it probably it intensifies even more at this point yeah and like like i said in the last one they would if it, they would almost be funny if the situation itself wasn't so horrifying yeah i i was thinking about what you'd said last time as i was watching it and um like it, they are incredibly undignified like like it's he's not screaming he's like up until this point, I wouldn't have been able to tell you what gibbering was, but yeah. he is gibbering. Like yeah. the, these are guttural, horrifying noises of pain that I yeah. genuinely wouldn't want to hear a human making in an actual non-movie context. Mm. Suddenly, his chest rips open and something punches through his shirt, soaked in blood, and everyone recoils in horror. Um, we get a little, uh, a little shot here of. 
uh, Lambert taking like a, a load of blood to the face. Um, yeah. This was accidental. <laughs> yeah, I, I was going to say they they can't really aim that shit. Probably. Yeah, but but she basically got blasted in the face with like a liter of blood, um, and she sort of, it it cuts away quite quickly because she sort of like starts shaking a bit, and um, at that point she fell backwards over the set. <laughs> <laughs> I think you could, you've told me about this. Yeah, yeah, you, you could you could watch the footage in uh, in memory the documentary they made about Alien a couple of years ago, but and it's quite funny, really. <laughs> like, yeah. It's very. Um, you know, very. I could see why they didn't leave it in because it because it's actually quite funny, even even though it is horrifying. Yeah. Um. Yeah, they had no idea how much blood was going to be coming out of that thing, but um, it turned out to be a lot. <laughs> we cut to a close up of the serpentine creature rising slowly out of Kane's bleeding entrails. Mm. So he's still doing a good job here. He's sort of like twitching and thrashing around as it's like rising out and there's like blood coming out. It's it's a really good series of effects. It does look a little bit like it's being pushed up from below on a stick though. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Just this this kind of next sequence that there is something that I it is a bit a little bit funny. I think it's a little bit funny just the way that it kind of does that little scream and then kind of scuttles off very quickly. Um, there's something that there's some weird kind of comic timing going yeah. on uh, with it, and uh, I I wonder how much of that is deliberate in that yeah. moment because obviously <laughs> this is not the final form of the monster. This is not supposed no. to be the scariest form of the monster, uh, and given what we just experienced, it feels as if the audience have maybe just earned a moment where they get to just even if it's nervously kind of laugh at something do you know what i um i, I think this is a uh, something which the you know hindsight is putting a different perspective on because um i i disagree because the original screenings of alien like like this is the point where you've got to move your like movie going sense back about 40 years right no one has sure. ever seen anything like this mm. um and uh and it's such a a good effect like it's mm. it's done so well um and and it, he, and it is definitely a good effect the, the the thing that makes it that moves it into seeming funny to me is there's something about the framing and the timing yeah. of it that that make, makes it feel slightly comic to me um, there's there's a story there's a story from the from the theaters uh, that were showing it at the time mm. where um, people were running out of the move uh, of the cinema at this point to be sick mm. uh, like and um, in one of the theaters they got they got a report back from the 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 person who running it that um, the woman's toilet at that point in the movie was completely filled with people being sick. Wow. Um, like, and they'd, they wadded up like, cause, um, it's quite common to have speakers in the toilets that are playing the sound from the movie. Um, so that you don't miss something if you have to go to the toilet and they'd, they'd wadded up like water and, um, tissue paper and clogged the speakers so they didn't have to continue to hear it. Yeah. Cause I, I think this, uh, as far as kind of gory stuff goes, for what it is, this film is fairly restrained. It's it's mm. not it's not like 
even the, like the thing in that way. Yeah, it, uh, it's you know a lot of the blood that we see, it's under a shirt here, or it's on the alien. We don't really see a kind of uh, much of a kind of gaping wound, really. At, I mean, the, this is this is by scene. far and away the goriest bit of the movie. Yeah, like, and, uh, and this is, yeah, this is the goriest bit. Probably, probably slightly more disgusting to me to look at is the bit earlier where they're poking around in the dead face huggers bits. <laughs> you know, in all of that shellfish. Um, I'll take it you wouldn't eat an oyster. <laughs> uh, it's not my favourite thing, honestly. <laughs> the creature looks slowly back and forth at the horror-struck crew. Mm. Parker grabs a knife. Ash screams at him not to touch it. And Ash here, I feel like there's something different with how Ash is uh, behaving at this point. It feels like there's something a bit genuine about him, a bit more genuine about his looks at this point, where he's like, yeah. oh shit. I didn't realize it was going to be like this kind of look. And um, he's certainly the most animated we've seen him at any point throughout the film. Like um, he didn't seem bothered by Kane turning up with an alien like crab on his face. But now this has happened. He's like, don't touch it. Don't touch it. Mm. Um, But again, we got, we got the two things going on here. So, um, a naive read of the scene is that he doesn't want Parker to attack the alien because the alien can probably bleed like the facehugger did. Right. Um, but also, he's protecting the alien. Yes. Yeah, I think that's definitely uh, that. That's definitely true. Hmm. That was my read of it, anyway. Uh, just from everything we've seen so far, I guess. Mm. The creature growls and runs across the table, thrashing things out of its way. So um, th- this effect, this scene is kind of funny to, to modern audiences. I will, I will give you that. And, and um, this is, uh, and this is mainly what I'm talking about. This, <laughs> this moment, like the the pause before it, and then the kind of weird noise that it makes, and then followed by this uh, something about the timing of when this happens as well. That that's that's the bit about this that seems funny. Everything before that. Like Horror, <laughs> horrifying AF, absolutely horrifying. I don't, I don't want people to misunderstand me when I say, uh, when I say there's something funny about this scene. I just see you in the cinema now, just <laughs> chortling away, chortling away as uh, as he's writhing around in pain. <laughs> oh, I didn't know this was a comedy. <laughs> I feed on his agonies. Um, yeah, so I will give you that, and, and like, like, there's there's definitely a hint of it's a rod puppet under a table because um, right. it's a rod puppet under a table. <laughs> but you know, like they were increasingly pressed for time and budget, so <laughs> none of those turkey legs to be something yeah. there. It's just a. It looks like it's on a roller skate or something. <laughs> the tail, um, yeah, its its limbs don't really do much as it's going, which is uh, what's makes it look a little bit unreal but it's it's the same quality as the head escaping in the thing isn't it like where yeah. um it's based the in the thing it's a roll it's a um a remote control car with mm-hmm. camshafts that work the legs so it wiggles away like completely preposterously <laughs> it's the same yeah. you, you know they did the best with what they had at the time and, and i think i think the effects hold up really well in this film honestly they do they do this is the only moment where the effects and I'm only talking ever so slightly mm. take me out of it. And it's, it's very slightly and momentary really. It's, it's not really like a, 
a, a black mark on the film or anything <laughs> like that. It's it's just uh, th- this is the part where the effects don't work quite as well for me as the rest of the film. And there is there is one more scene uh, a little bit later with a um, an effect which doesn't quite work anymore. But um, okay, I... we. You'll know it when we get to it. Um, <laughs> I don't think I remember it offhand, but yeah, I'll look out for it. Um, what do you think is the monster's noise? What's doing that? Um, You're the sound guy. Well, I don't really know. And the reason that I don't really know is because when it made the noise, when we were watching it before, you imitated the noise at the same time. <laughs> so I, I, I didn't really hear it very clearly. You can't blame this on me. And then I, and then I forgot to kind of listen out for it the second time we watched All right. it. We watch it All right. In, in the interest of fairness, I'm going to play it for you now, okay? Please, I'd, I'd like to hear it. All right. I, I forgot that. I would have mentioned it before if I'd remembered. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if if this had been made more recently, I would have said that it was the sound of maybe some sort of insect or something that had been slowed down by quite a way digitally. Because it, it almost sounds like it has the artifacts that you get when you, you digitally slow something down. Mm. Um, but as it is, I really don't know. What is that sound? Um, the screech was voiced by an, a famous animal impersonator called Percy Edwards. Okay. Um, he's, I guess he's not as famous now, but he was quite famous at the time, and uh, Ridley Scott personally requested him to do the sound effect, and uh, that was his first take. Wow. They, they were just like, okay, yeah, that's great. That's what it sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if there's any post-processing on it, but um, uh, yeah, apparently it's just his uh, his first go at what at what newborn alien would sound like. Yeah, it sounds to me like there's a little something going on, but yeah, it sounded like a it sounded to me like there was something of a digital effect going on, which is probably mm. not the case uh, for a film this old. The crew watch the alien depart, dumbstruck. So uh, I, I've got a note here. Yet again, Ash's look is unreadable here. Hmm. I, I wonder if he's he's just thought that this might have gotten out of hand. Yeah, he definitely. It, there's a, there's some kind of a realization that this might be. Yeah, this might just have gone a bit too far, or this might be a more dangerous situation than perhaps he was anticipating. Hmm. We cut to the camera panning slowly through the Nostromo. The crew are performing a rudimentary search for the creature. Um, this scene is interesting because uh, I had completely forgotten it exists. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, uh, in in my mind, we cut immediately to the next one without this little interstitial. Um, and uh, yeah, I think it's just because it's it. They they're just doing it in silence. There's a, they're just scuttling around looking. Um, yeah. But, they aren't going very far. Like they're, it's like they're expecting to find it. Like you know, within a couple of feet of the the galley. Yeah. We cut to the crew gathered solemnly on the bridge. On a monitor, we see Kane's wrapped body lying on the floor. So we've um, like a, a bit of time has passed. Enough time for them to embalm him. Yeah, it's interesting that they 
I forgot this scene happened actually, and mm. it, it's interesting that they were they did this, I guess, uh, even knowing that there's some creature out there that uh, is very likely quite dangerous. Mm. Uh, and uh, yeah, I, I just I, I don't know quite what to make of that, but uh, I guess after a while they just had to put a pause on the search and and deal with that yeah i mean to me it it, it speaks of like the um, the respect they had for their dead colleague mm. you know like if one of your closest friends just burst in your living room um, yeah. you'd want you'd want to do something about that right you, you wouldn't just be like throw a tarp over him and let's let's get on with our lives um, yeah. but if but, uh, if he burst because of like spiders or something mm. i would definitely deal with the spiders first but but to me the second point i was going to make is that that it sort of puts a pointer on how dangerous they think the alien is because all right it's done something absolutely horrific yeah but it's very small and yeah. they they probably like it's it's probably about the same size as the ship's cat at this point so you, yeah. you know, it's just a little scuttly thing. Like it, it'll be horrifying if it catches up with one of them while they're asleep or something. But they can probably just throw a tarp over it and chuck it in the yeah. airlock. <laughs> I think it's a, a. I think it's smaller than the the cat. I've kind of got mm. a point about that later. Um, mm. But uh, but yeah, it's it's a it's a little thing. After a moment, Dallas presses a button to open the airlock door, and Kane's body is fired into space. Mm. I think it's interesting that before this, he says, uh, "Does anyone want to say anything?" Nobody does say anything, but also that doesn't feel like it's out of disrespect. It's more mm. like that. That feels like the right choice for the moment because yeah, no like, one ha- no one has anything to say now. W- what exactly would you say that could possibly feel appropriate in that moment? Like, <laughs> sorry, Kane, you were probably the nicest member of the crew, and you blew up inside the galley. <laughs> Um, Some say he exploded too early. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, you are you are absolutely right. Dallas does say, "Does anyone want to say anything?" And nobody does because <laughs> what could you say? Um, Kane's shrouded corpse twirls over and over as it shoots past the Narcissus and away. So, um, this is again the the forty foot long model of the underside of the Nostromo that we spoke about previously. Yeah. Um and uh his coffin was carved out of wood and fired from a fisherman's bait catapult. Um <laughs> and then the footage was just slowed down. So all, <laughs> all all that twirling is just what happens if you fire a tiny a tiny corpse model. <laughs> <laughs> we cut to a slow panning shot of the outside of the Nostromo traveling through space. Some time has passed. So those three little scenes actually compress quite a lot of time down here. So we've got, you know, um, the the search, the dealing with um, Kane's funeral, and uh, now everybody is back. So it's sort of like the crew deals with the initial horror of the birth without any of it making it to the screen. Right. Because you've got to imagine that there were like conversations and things that went on that we weren't a part party to. Yeah, and I, I think that that makes sense as well. Mm. Um, just from the perspective of 
you don't want everyone to still be in shock at this point because it's just a bit too much. Yeah. So so we've done we've done three quick little cuts and we've we've moved the crew from absolute uncomprehending shock to a point where they can start dealing with the problem and the problem is the little alien dude. Yeah, so I think that there there is a kind of change in pacing here. So despite the fact that that the film has now slowed down from what just happened, um y- you they are kind of trucking along with the story now. They've uh, the thing happened, time skip, very quick funeral, another time skip, and into catching the creature. There's they're not lingering very much on any of these moments. I dinged you. I don't know if you heard me. Uh, I didn't hear you. All right, hang I, on, hang on, ding. But I know what I did. <laughs> Another hundred penalty points. <laughs> um, back inside, the crew are getting ready to find the creature. Brett has made cattle prods, and Ash has made a motion tracker. <laughs> he, um, uh, Ripley asks how it works. Like, what does it key on? And he, he says, micro changes in air density, and and he seems annoyed that he has to explain himself, and it feels very much like he's trying to say, "Oh, don't worry about it. You wouldn't understand. I, I shouldn't even need to be saying this." Yeah, his 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 air during this is like, oh, "Well, I I'll I'll dumb this down to your level." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. The motion po- tracker seems quite polished, really. Like it's got like a an injection molded case and stuff. So I don't yeah. know if he's just you know like whipped that off in the ship's three D printer or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, the cattle prod is a modified electric welding iron, uh, and there's a hidden steel plate on the ceiling, which is what causes it to spark. Yeah. Mm. The plan is to catch the alien in a net and flush it into space. Uh, my note here says, I, I bet Dallas wishes he's got the cameras on B and C deck fixed. <laughs> <laughs> I Also, just that net, I don't think that net looks like it would hold the creature that we saw. Yeah. Um, it, uh, it, I, I think if you tossed it in that net, it would be pissed off. <laughs> but, and then wriggle out of the extremely wide netting. Mm, but... um. They do have the shock prods as well, so I guess yeah. it's just to slow it down because it's proven it can scuttle at quite a pace. Yeah, yeah. They probably just—I I mean, they're they're like a a cargo hauling ship. They probably yeah. don't have a big supply of nets. I don't know. That's the net they had. <laughs> that was all Parker could weave in the <laughs> in, <laughs> in the hour they had. Um. Later, elsewhere. Ripley, Brett, and Parker hunt for the alien. It's uh, not entirely unlike looking for the facehugger earlier, although it's a bit of a noisier scene. There's um, mm. uh, the ship sounds and things going on here that uh, uh, somehow make it less tense. And I imagine that's just a kind of a decision that they just don't want to be kind of rehashing the same sort of tension from the, the yeah. previous scene. Plus, that wasn't I, that long ago. Plus, again. Um, I think this ties into what I said earlier about how where on the danger scale they're putting this alien. I mean, because like they're looking for it in a in a group of three, but they're not like you know 
oh my god, it's going to kill us when we find it. They're like, okay, there's a weird little doodad on the ship, and we need to put it in a cardboard box and throw it away. You know, yeah, the, the vibe about it. Yeah, yeah, the vibe they got is like if you, you know, were in your house and you found a particularly large possum in it or something. You know, you'd you'd want to do something about it, and you don't want it to bite or scratch you, but you don't think it's gonna like, you know, pull out a revolver and kill you. You know, <laughs> yeah, you don't think that the next time you meet it, it's gonna be huge. Spoilers. <laughs> um... <laughs> Ripley picks up a signal on the tracker. They enter a room full of junk and carefully approach a series of lockers. Now, I did remember that it's going to be the cat (laughs) (laughs) at this point, so it wasn't that much of a kind of uh, jump scare for Mm. me. I was expecting the the cat to jump out. Yeah, I'm not even sure this really counts as a jump scare because there's a there's a, a lot of lead up to it. Yeah, sure. Parker opens the door and Jonesy the cat hisses from inside. The crew freak out, and Brett lets it get away. Uh, Jonesy is played by four different cats. Four different identical cats. <laughs> um, I'm not sure if we mentioned this at the time, but um, during the first scenes where she had to act with Jonesy, Sigourney Weaver started having a bad allergic reaction. Oh, wow. And she was horrified because... Um, it's a lot easier to replace an actress than it is to find four identical cats. Uh, <laughs> so uh, she was like, well, uh, she, she went to Ridley Scott and she was like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, am I out? You know, because I'm, I'm allergic to the cat. And they tested it. Mm-hmm. And um, she wasn't allergic to the cat fur. She was allergic to the glycerin that they were spraying on her to make her look sweaty. Oh. So um, they switched to using water for her and like, she get to keep the role because <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say otherwise it's going to be a real bummer that she gets uh, shut in that pod at the end of the film <laughs> for years with that cat <laughs> as I say it's, it's just another of those things that you really don't think about when you know one of the things that can happen while making a film is like oh it turns out a movie where a cat is quite an important plot point and the, act, the main actress is allergic to them <laughs> <laughs> uh Parker sends Brett to go and catch Jonesy again so they don't pick him up while looking for the alien. That's a really good point. Like, um, uh, the first time I saw it, I was like, oh, it's let it go. That's not a problem. And they're like, no, no. Otherwise, we'll just be perpetually chasing this fucking cat around the ship. Yeah. And here they, they send Brett off on his own to look for the, um, the cat. Yeah. And to me, again, this points to like where on the threat level they're placing this thing because they're thinking if he sees it, he's going to be like, whoa there's a thing and they'll come running you know uh but the audience with their genre awareness <laughs> I, I feel at this point and i'm like oh dear brett's in trouble <laughs> poor poor brett <laughs> <laughs> and we end this scene with brett meowing and jonesy meowing back <laughs> and i i do feel like this is a much better eight minute stopping point this time mm. so they, they what's happened here is they they have uh you know the the event happens at the beginning <laughs> they have a plan to get the alien the first attempt is a false alarm and now brett is off to find jonesy and uh, and it that's that kind of closes off that kind of mini chapter of finding the alien and they all they all realize they're in much greater danger than they think mm. so um 
who's infected, Peter? Uh, does this question mean anything anymore? Um, uh, probably not. We'll probably have to revisit these questions next time we start up this podcast as well. Um, no, no, I, I, we can we can add to them, but never remove. That's the rule. <laughs> that's what I've de- that's what I've decided. Uh, nobody is infected unless you include the ship itself. <laughs> what happens next, Peter? I think that Brett is going to go deeper into that. Oh, I, I don't know what you call this area that he's gone, gone into, but he's going to go deeper into that big room and he is going to get attacked by an alien. I think this is the end for Jonesy. For Jonesy, not for Jonesy, for Brett. Oh dear, so uh, so that answers my next question as well. Who dies next? And you're saying it's Brett. I think it's Brett. I don't remember what happens immediately after this. This is probably the fuzziest area overall of of the film for me. I don't really remember very much about the order of events now until we get right towards the end of uh, of the film, so I'm I'm not going to be that confident in what happens next from now on. I don't think. And you think uh, you think he's going to die in the next episode? I think so. Yeah, I mean, there's always a chance that at this point they then cut away to another scene mm. and some other stuff happens, and then later we rejoin the adventures of Brett. But I th- yeah. think this is probably going to happen uh, quite quickly. I think I think it's going to be in the next episode. Well, that brings us pretty much to the end of this episode, so all I have to do is ask you, what are you thinking of the film so far? Yeah, um... How have these eight minutes enhanced your feelings? So, um... I've been... uh, I'm thinking about what I just said, and also my general, um... attitude towards this series of films, or the ones that I have seen, which is essentially the first two, and bits of other films. Um... And how, generally speaking, uh, I have enjoyed the second film. I've enjoyed Aliens a bit more, and I think that's just because I I, I like the characters in that film. I, uh, I I it's a bit closer to kind of action territory that I quite enjoy. Um, and it's I, I I do really enjoy that film, and I I just there are characters in that film like um, the business guy whose name I don't <laughs> remember, who I love to hate, and Burke. Yeah, yeah. He, he, even got a, even got. A... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, it's, uh, people ask me like, you know, what's your favorite film, Alien or Aliens? And I'm like, oh, the different genres. Alien yeah. is the best horror film. Aliens is the best action movie. You know, so. yeah. Uh, I think I, I think that's fair enough, and I I think that's probably why I don't remember very much about the events of the next film. Because to me, the bit that really makes this film for me, the bit that is the most interesting part, the bit that I love most about this film when I watch it, and I really think works for me on. Uh, uh, at a really high level is um what we've just watched basically everything that we've watched kind of up until this point um, mm. the the really slow atmosphere building that you don't really get to have in the, the very much in the um uh, in the second film 
the uh, the sense of mystery about what the threat is and how they handle that and just the just the whole pacing of it and that's going to change from this point i don't think it becomes a bad film or anything like this from that from this point but uh i think at this point we have probably seen my favorite parts of this film mm. yeah the the suspense is fully discharged and now it's just a um the time to knock off the ensemble cast one by one. Right. Uh, it's interesting you say that there's not as much suspense in Aliens, because um, there is and there isn't. Like, um, they, definite, they definitely needed to take out the scenes set on the colony at the start, which they put back in in the special edition. Right. Because that, that removes any suspense whatsoever. It's literally them going, well, we're going to go check out this thing we've been told to check out. I hope it's not a terrifying alien or something. And... <laughs> Yeah, and then it cuts to another scene where they're like, "Oh, we've lost contact with the colony." You're like, well, okay, I know what happened there. Then, <laughs> yeah, yeah I, okay, I, I guess there's suspense, but there's not, but it, it's suspense with more of an action movie style pacing, right? Yeah, so it's, yeah, oh, it definitely, it's it's not it's not a solid hour of basically nothing yeah. scary happening in a horror film, <laughs> right? Yeah, uh, and and that's that's the difference for me, and I uh, and as I've said many times in the previous podcast, I really have grown to appreciate how long they spend in, in that first hour. Uh, and, uh, I just, that going through this, the admiration for that has grown and it's made me realize that I think that is in, in a big way. That is this film to me. That is the thing that distinguishes this film. Um, and I don't think, like, like I said, I don't think the rest of it is bad. There's loads of great stuff that is still going to happen. Some of which I remember. <laughs> um, but uh, if I had to rate each part of the film, I think everything that we've just seen would be very highly rated, and everything we're about to see would be just a, just a little bit below it for me. And so, so you're saying you're telling me you're going to coast for the next seven episodes? That's it. You're, uh, you're yeah, it's you're all thoroughly tuned out now. It's all downhill from here, folks. Um, no, <laughs> it's 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 very slight. It's just that um, the the sorts of things that are going to be happening in the next in the next part of the film, I get more enjoyment out of how the next film handles those that kind of action. I guess. Mm, yeah. Well. Um... I guess all that leaves us to say is if you have any questions, comments, um, if you're an unusual shape or size, uh, if you've ever seen a turkey burst out of a man, uh, just email us and, and we'll we'll talk to you about that. The email address is podcast at 8minutemovies.co.uk. You can use the number or the letters because I had to buy both domains. Um, and then we go peter or eight as indeed i called you in the introduction where yeah. where where do you be found on the interweb uh i am available on twitter and similar sorts of platforms as kestrel pie that's kestrel like the bird and pie like the irrational number and, and what about you and i am kieran j walsh that is who i am it is my burden and my curse 
It's funny because both they're, bad things. They're both bad things. Um, <laughs> um, okay. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Bye bye.